Welcome to episode 204 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I'm your host, Dave Ginsberg. My co-host, Warren Sklar, is here at the Beach House. How you doing, Warren? I'm all discombobulated, but I'm doing all right. I'm, uh, I'll, I'll settle in soon. I just got here, and it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a change, but it's good. All right, good. Well, I'm glad you're here. Good I'm also here. glad Jeff Gammett's back, as always. As always, great regular contributor. Thanks for being here, Jeff. What's going on? Thanks for letting me come back yet again. I, I, I know I say it all, all the time. I'm so surprised you keep letting me back. But, uh, yeah, well. Yeah. yeah so door's thanks. open. Yeah. Might as well let you in. No, thanks I for being here. Appreciate yeah. it. And I'm so excited to have Andrew Orr back on the show. Uh, Andrew, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Long time to see everyone. Yeah, I'm so glad you were able to make it this week. And mm-hmm. uh, we got, uh, I think we got plenty to talk about. Uh, you've got a few weeks left until WWDC, but there, there's, we found some good stuff to talk about. Uh, lots of good news stories. So iOS 15.5 was released. We're going to have to you know, dig into that a little bit because uh, now we could get real deep into it a little more. Uh, and a couple of things we'll talk about here, but uh, let's uh, jump right into the news for this week. Uh, first story is Apple now let, letting developers automatically charge for some subscription price increases. You know, Apple uh, this week it, it, it's implementing a new subscription feature that will allow customers to be charged automatically when an, an app's subscription price goes up, which is not the way the subscriptions worked at the current time. Right now, customers must explicitly uh, agree to a price change and with the cost of a subscription increasing through it. Agree to new price interface. If the customer does not tap on agree when the warning comes up, their subscription will be automatically canceled. But that's changing. Going forward, the developers will be able to increase the price of a subscription and have it auto-renew with customers simply being informed rather than needing to outright agree. Apple says this. Uh, that under specific conditions and with advanced user notice, developers can offer an auto-renewable subscription price increase without the user needing to take action and without their subscription being impacted. All right, now I'm having a little problem with this because I want to be able to control what subscriptions I want to keep and if I want to get rid of them. This is I've, I'm a little worried about this. Uh, Jeff, what do you think? I think this is a crap idea, and yeah. it's crap that Apple did this. It really uh, is. It, I, I mean, seriously. Now, okay, on one hand, I can appreciate the uh, potential logic behind it, where mm-hmm. a lot of people might be misunderstanding what do these dialogues have been, and then developers end up missing out on a recurring revenue that they should otherwise be getting. Um, no. yeah, that absolutely. said, no, no, no. At no point should uh, price increases happen without my uh, knowledge or consent. And uh, and I am totally fine with a system where if I choose to not consent to the increase, my subscription ends, you know, whatever time frame is left uh, uh, before the increase would go into effect. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a really bad idea. I think this is a customer hostile move. And, uh, and this does not feel like Apple to me sure doesn't what do you think andrew yeah i'm not really a fan of this move um i think dave you kind of answered what i was going to bring up and that is i really really hope that they will developers will at least warn people that a change will happen instead of just some secret price increase 
that you may not know is has happened. Yeah, no, definitely agree with that. And I, I again, I'm, I'm just, I like, like what Jeff said. I'm just absolutely shocked that that they're even considering this. I mean, they were always an advocate of pressing, pushing the fact that you know you'll, you'll get a, a advance warning that your subscription is about to be renewed, and you it gives you the opportunity to, to opt out if you don't want to continue on with it. Um, but yeah. then you got to go through the hassle of getting a refund if you don't, if you wanted it to not to have it anymore. Yeah, I mean, at least they do have to tell you, hey, this automatic increase is coming. Right. Still, uh, the, this should always be opt in, not opt out. Yeah, absolutely. Got thoughts, Warren, on that one? Yeah, no, I fully agree with you guys. I mean, it's it's um, it's not really Apple-like to even do that. Um, to, to be honest with you, um, and also I put the I put the beta on. So I don't know if it was a beta or if it was from uh, yesterday, but when I opened up App Store, I got some kind of notice that looked like something about if you want to opt into ads or something. So they're they're doing things that they kind of yell at other people for doing. So, um, you know, yeah. Yeah, saw that, saw that. So, well, we'll see where this goes. I'm I'm not, I'm not too, none of us are too terribly excited about it. This goes nowhere good. No, it doesn't. They'll back out. Something, I bet. So. Something a little better. The people are looking for a little more affordable iPads, iPad Air specifically. Uh, Apple is now offering refurbished 2020 iPad Air 4 models. Um, they started selling them this week. It's the fourth generation iPad Air. This is the first time since they actually was, the tab was actually released in October of 2020. Fourth gen, of course, introduced the all display design, uh, an all display design, an array of different colors, Touch ID on the home button. That was the first one. So. Uh, it's available in a 64 or 256 gig capacities, 469, which is $80 off, and 549, uh, which is about $100 off. So it's uh, it's good to see that they continue to, to releasing a lot of these refurbs because um, people want to save a few bucks, and you know, the iPads are not are are, are, are an investment. So, uh, what do you think, Andrew? Oh, I think it's good news. Especially since, you know, it's still a new device. It's only two years old. Maybe that's a little bit uh, old in the tech, fast-paced tech world, but it still is from Apple. So I think it's going to be a pretty solid device, even at that age. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff, what do you think? Uh, Solid device. It's great to see uh, Apple offering the discount, you know, especially since they're going to let developers raise our, uh, our rates on us. Okay. Warren, you're going to run out and buy another iPad. I'm going to, by the way, I'm going to be a butt about the Apple subscription <laughs> thing for a long time. As you well should be. I mm-hmm. think, I think we might have a talk there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. What do you, uh, no, I, I, I gonna, mean, uh, this is the last gen, right? The last gen, uh, era? the 2020 era. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I'm tempted. I mean, it's, uh, I, I am tempted, but I, you are, you are iPad less. No, I got the mini six. Oh, you still have the mini? Okay. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't keep track. You, you buy you buy things so so often. No, nobody knows anymore. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. So check it out. Uh, that uh, next uh, next story here was um, Apple. I'm, I'm sorry, Amazon. Their new free V service is now available on the Apple TV. Amazon free V is the 
is also known as the ad-supported video service that used to be called IMDb TV, now has an app that's available on the App Store for the Apple TV. Well, yay! According to Amazon's website, FreeV is an ad-supported streaming video service that is available in the U.S. Uh, it's separate from Amazon Prime Video, which requires uh, Amazon Prime subscription and entirely free to watch. No, but there's no option to skip ads or turn off anything. So it's similar to like a like just like what Pluto TV and and a lot of those other uh, free services. And I actually enjoyed watching some of the things that are that are on uh, on Amazon. I, I should admit I like Judge Judy. Uh, the, she, uh, she, 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 she's still show, around. Yeah. Yeah. Is she it's still called Ju, Ju, Judy justice. So oh it's, yeah, no, it's, 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 a, it's, it's entertaining. She but must be there's a lot of other things on there too, but uh, it, it is, it is cool that a lot of old shows, you know, like I like the old watching the old match games <laughs> from, uh, from the seventies. It's always fun to watch, but there are, there's a lot of, uh, new, new release shows and it's ad supported, but, uh, Oh, what do you think, Jeff? I think this is. I, I'm glad they're, they're finally they finally are having it on the Apple TV because it, it was harder to watch. You had to either watch an, uh, an app on an iPad or an iPhone, or uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Br- bringing it to Apple TV was uh, was overdue. Uh, changing the name, uh, I, I think yeah. the name is stupid. They're very stupid. But, but the other side of it is it. calling it IMDb TV. Most people, I think, associate IMDb with uh, with just being able to find out who that actor was in the one show mm-hmm. they watched and where else they recognize him from. Um, and and they don't think about uh, the fact that they can watch streaming content there, even though there's there's always like some big banner about it. But you know, people just yeah. didn't see that, so it needed a new name. And uh, well, yeah. Having Amazon on the name Amazon on it is, I think, is going to help it immensely. Uh, That's I, why I, I said Judy was. I'm surprised she went with this. You know, she was on doing her show for 25 plus years. I mean, she's number yeah, one num, she, number one daytime show, but she but she was able to jump on to this, uh, go on to the streaming world because she was fed up with the way CBS was treating her. So yeah, she was pretty pissed off at CBS. She should uh, she should sue him for something. Yeah, she should she should sue them for uh raising the uh, um subscription rate without telling her or something like that. There you go. Good wait, good tie-in. You got you got any thoughts, uh, Andrew? Uh I think it sounds cool. I've never actually watched anything from Amazon. I don't have Amazon Prime, but okay. I I mean it's free. I'll check it out. Yeah, there are some cool shows on there, and uh, and I think there are some originals as well. So, uh, okay. you know, only you have to put up with ads, but you know, it, just like Pluto TV, which is another free service, which I still am blown away that Pluto TV is free, and that there's the mass amounts of content. And like we we talked about pre-show, you know, Star Star Trek uh, is on there. They they show uh, the Next Generation, and and they show other Star Trek stuff, but. All of a sudden, Strange New Worlds shows shows up on on the free service. At least the first episode. I don't. I haven't looked lately. I don't know if the, they're going to continue on. It might be just a tease to get people to. Well, uh, you know, Pluto TV makes real good sense to me. Yeah, if, if you want to do everything you can to screw Netflix and to draw as many people away from Netflix as you can, because you've pulled all of your content back in house then what you need to do is set up a back catalog of uh, of free streaming. Because, that I mean, for a long time, that was the big draw for Netflix. It was all yeah. the, the back catalog stuff. Do something like this, and now you have 
yet another reason not to have a Netflix subscription. Yeah. Yeah. And Netflix already, we were talking, we've talked about previous shows about them, you know, trying to crack down on, uh, password sharing and all that fun stuff and maybe having a, uh, a streaming model or even other things. So we'll, we'll see what this, this, the streaming wars just continue on to rage. And <laughs> I'm actually glad to see it. It's good competition. It's, it's causing these services to become more competitive and giving oh, yeah. us more, more options for entertainment. So uh, next story here, this is a, uh, 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 this was interesting. Uh, new iPhone tap to pay feature is now already available in the uh, at use at the Apple Park Visitor Center. Uh, back in February, Apple did announce a new system called tap to pay on the iPhone, which allows an individual to take a contactless payment only using their iPhone as a payment terminal. With this, with the feature active, a customer can simply tap their NFC iPhone or bank card on the top of their receiving device's phone and enable a contactless uh, transaction. Uh, Apple, the Apple Store is already uh, trialing it out and rolling out this feature, but the Apple Visitor Center had it available. So I'm hoping to see this get a, a more widely adopt, adopted because I think this is going to be really cool, and it's it's going to be really cool for for um, for re, for vendors who who want to sell things and be able to have this and not have to pay a atrocious amount of money they already paid to Square and other other types of services. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think? What do you think on this, Andrew? I think it's really cool. Um, what I was wondering is, do you, does it just work with NFC or do you need one of the newer iPhones that have that U1 chip for like the close contact? I thought it was NFC. I think it's just NFC. Yeah. So you don't necessarily have to have the U1 chip any, uh, but, but the newer, the newer iPhones already have that. So, right. So yeah, it's cool. I hope it, uh, becomes more widespread. Absolutely. No, what I have a 16 coming. There's going to be even more of this of evolving on this. Any thoughts on this one? Yeah. I mean, this is kind of what they said they were going to do, right? They're going to, uh, you're not going to need square readers because I think it's going to, I don't know right. if that's the same technology with the NFC or if it's something mm-hmm. different. Um, so, you know, we talked about this in the past and, you know, definitely paying that way is cool. But we also talked about like, adding Apple cash that way too, because right. how cool would it be just to tap phones and transfer money? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's good. They opened it up well, two years, yeah. two years ago, people were saying, open up NS- NFC, right? You know, this lockdown, open it up. Well, it's another service. Mm-hmm. Jeff thoughts on that. Um, yes. I don't think this is actually going to take away any of the fees. Because this doesn't sidestep Square or any of the other services. Right. Yeah, this is an API. And and I'm pointing this out because I think there's still people out there that are confused by this. Um, so this is Apple opening up an API so that the, uh, the little portable terminal uh, transaction device companies have yet another way to be able to, uh, to handle transactions. Um, and saying this is going to cut into their revenue because now they won't sell as much hardware. No, they can give away all of the hardware for free if they want. You pay for sure. the hardware because that's how you show the company that you're actually going to use it. It's not because they need the money for it. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So this, 
I, but it's great because this is yet another way that that uh, retailers, especially like uh, the small retailers at farmers markets and craft fairs and stuff, will be able to process transactions, and so that's great. Absolutely. Um, next story here. This is actually in in, uh, in conjunction with iOS fifteen point five release, which we'll talk a little about in a little bit here. Uh, Apple releases the Swift. Playgrounds 4.1 for iPad and the Mac. Uh, following the launch of 15.5 and Monterey 12.4, Apple uh, released Swift Playgrounds 4.1. It's the latest version of the, of the app on both the iPad and the Mac that is designed to teach users how to code and build apps. Uh, on the Mac, the Swift Playgrounds 4.1 will add a host of new features, including support of building Mac apps in Swift UI with uh, Mac 12.4 or later with walkthroughs and uh, Apple has a full release talking about what's included and all kinds of great stuff. And you know, Swift Playgrounds, I, I, I just, you know, time. That's always the hard part of spending time trying to, to dive in and really want to, uh, want to play with this. And, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not a developer by any means, but I, I think this, this is such a great thing that Apple's done as far as uh, making it so much easier to code using Swift Playgrounds. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, it's great. And the more accessible Apple makes it, the better off uh, we all are. So, yeah, this is great. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Andrew, you thought? Um, Not really a whole lot to say, but yeah, I think it's good. More like Jeff said, it just makes coding more accessible. Uh, Next story here. This was super exciting, and I, and we, I think all of us got a uh, an email about this. This was uh, uh, Apple announcing uh, live music uh, that, that they're going to be streaming uh, on Fridays. Uh, and uh, this the story is actually Apple Music streaming. Uh, Harry Styles in concert was uh, going to be a live uh, stream. Uh, uh, actually, it was this week uh, as we record this. Um, it's it's going to be live streaming some concerts for major artists as part of an Apple Music Live. A new feature kicks off with, like I said, Harry Styles. And Apple Music subscribers in uh, over 167 countries can watch the live shows at no extra cost from uh, from Apple Music. And, and and this is what came from Apple here saying, no matter how much time and effort an artist may spend crafting music in the studio, it's on the stage where they really get to show their work. Apple Music Live is going to be a newer reoccurring series designed to do just that, give the biggest stars in music the biggest possible platform to flaunt how they connect with audiences and how their songs trans, uh, translate to live performance. I'm super excited about this. And, you know, yeah. we're all, all here that we love music. What do you think, Andrew? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm uh, pretty excited about this. Yeah, I think it's great. I'll definitely be checking it out. Um, I think it'd be cool to have a concert every week as opposed to every month, but it's still cool. Yeah. I think Apple music can definitely do more to make video content like music videos more easily discoverable because I think like there are, they do have music videos on there now and now they're doing with, uh, you know, live videos. I think hopefully maybe they can, add that to its own section in the app or something. Absolutely. I was pleasantly surprised to see it. Then they sent that email. The email was kind of different from that, that, that article I linked um, from 9to5Mac, uh, but they really just got, you know, they just went into detail, just basically saying, yeah, they're going to have live performances. And, uh, hey, that just shows the Apple music is evolving. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you think, Jack? Uh, yeah, this is great. Um, I, I don't think we'll get the days that that 
back that we had when Apple would do their whole music festival in London. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that I mean, that was really cool. So doing this, um, uh, this is great. I mean, they, they've always been really good about being pro music and pro artist. So whatever they can do to help uh, keep that going is great. And uh, here we go. Now, um, on Friday evening, we can all sit on our couches, have a, have a bowl of popcorn and watch Harry Styles sing. There you go. And I can't wait to see who's next. Yeah. Me either. Uh, next story. Uh, iPhone made up of uh, iPhone made up over half of smartphone shipments in North America during the, the first quarter of 2022. It was a new report uh, shows that iPhone accounted for over half of smartphone shipments um, in 2022, achieving a 51 market, 51% market share powering by strong performance of the iPhone 13. Um, it's uh, it just really has been powered by Apple's strong growth, um, as the analysts have said here. Uh, and iPhone 13's popularity has just been the key driver. It's been a super popular um, uh, device, and it's showing here in the chart here that they had uh, over 19.9 million shipments um, in the first quarter. And yeah, fifty-one percent over twenty-seven percent on Samsung. Um, oh wow! This is, this is some great numbers here. What do you think, Jeff? Um, it's great, and at the same time, it's not that big of a surprise. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's no secret that iPhone is the dominant smartphone in the United States, uh, not worldwide, but definitely United States. Right. And uh, there you go. Now we have more numbers to back it up mm-hmm. from not Apple. Yeah, that Android's going. To... <laughs> what do you think, Andrew? Yeah, it's nice. Um, they they said you know the the thirteen is as strong as ever. I know that I like my iPhone thirteen. So yeah, absolutely. Um, next story: Apple launches a new training and certification program for iPhone, iPad, and Mac. Uh, Apple has introduced uh, updated training courses for IT professionals looking to be certified in deploying, managing, and supporting the Mac, iPhone, and all Apple devices in the workplace. Uh, Apple had previously promoted its schemes for training educators on how to use the iPhone, Mac, and iPhone, iPad. Now it's uh, announced a more involved scheme for IT professionals. Uh, following its new courses, will get people certified in all sp- aspects of Apple technology, uh, which uh, said it was needed. Uh, and I will understand, understate that, that this was incredibly needed because their site was god awful horrible for so many years. I mean, all they had was this basically the certifications for you know being certified in Mac OS, uh, but those are kind of went from the wayside. You know, I buy the I buy the the, the Apple the reference guides every year and and try to get the time to sort get certified, but it kind of just disappeared, and you don't see too many other places doing this stuff. But I I went to the site. I know Jeff, we talked about this. Uh, uh, previously the show here and, and I, I wanted to share with you guys and I said, like, God, the site, the site is just amazing. And it got lots of great uh, uh, tutorials to go through and you could easily become certified pretty quickly. What do you think? I want to be happy that Apple did this. Okay. But, okay, here's the problem. Why wasn't this done years ago? They don't <laughs> yeah. deserve praise for this. Yeah. All they deserve is a, Seriously, it took you that long. 
Um, I, this this has been necessary for a long time. If Apple has wanted to to really back up the fact that the or what they're pushing, which is that they're serious about the enterprise environment. Okay, well then be serious about it and commit all the way and have the resources there for the certifications and have them here years ago. So I so I guess it's the best time to have done this was what five years ago, ten years ago. The second okay. best time is now. <laughs> At, yeah, post the post pandemic, well, the the worst part of the pandemic. This would have been great time to, on this. to have out yeah. through the whole pandemic. I mean, yeah, there's so many people that could have been working on their certifications because they were sitting at home, mm-hmm. not at the office. But, but yeah, yeah, and it looks like they've they've got uh, uh, they've got two courses so far, but they're partnering uh, with in person initiatives too, with community colleges and universities that offer in person preparatory sessions. Because you know, let's face it, some people like to have more in person uh, training than they do, you know, doing it online. What do you think? Mm-hmm. What do you think, Andrew? I think I'm 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 excited about this, but I agree with Jeff. It's it was way overdue. <laughs> I think it sounds interesting. Um, is this something that anyone can do? Mm-hmm. You oh. can go on the site right now and go through, and and they've got a lot of the practice exams and practice uh, sessions. You can go through and you know go through the entire the heart, all the steps for cool. mobile device management, and that's a start. Uh, but I think they're going to, if anything, what they'll do, it sounds like they're going to expand this because they also partnered with Mac admins foundation, which will offer vouchers to help students with financial difficulties. If they want to get certified, you know, because some people have a tough time affording that stuff, but. Well, that sounds great. I'll check that one out too. Yeah, no, this is, this is good stuff. And, and uh, in conjunction with that, I wanted to actually mention this, this actually was uh, uh, an article actually today as we record this, uh, Apple promises changes in Final Cut Pro after video edit, editor complaints. And uh, it's not necessarily for I, iPad or iPhone, but uh, I wanted to talk about this only because it in, incorporates what we just talked about here. And Apple has re- responded to an open letter from video editors and filmmaker professionals ple- pledging to incorporate requested features into Final Cut Pro. Back in April, a collection of Final Cut Pro users penned a open letter to Apple asking the, that the company to, to do more to promote the video editing platform to the TV and film industry as, long, as well as incorporate new features. And Apple actually officially responded. Um, and they actually said that uh, to the authors of recent uh, the recent open letter regarding Final Cut Pro and the TV industry, uh, the creative community has always been so important to us at Apple. We're grateful for your feedback, they wrote. Uh, the company added that it has plans in place to address some of the feature requests. It's also adding that it recognizes that it needs to work alongside video editors to support film and TV projects. And they will begin offering certifications for professional video editing in May. So that isn't even showed up on that site yet. And it's so in May, uh, show up soon in May. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and they also want to establish a panel of industry experts in the summer and expand the content and frequency of Final Cut Pro workshops and film events. Um, so what do you think, Jeff? I'm, I think this is at least a good step in the right direction, but I think this is another another case of, come on, Apple, you took yeah. forever to do this. Yeah. <laughs> this is one, and I'm not, I'm not coming to Apple's defense here, but this is one that's just been really hard. Apple was in the position where they it was untenable to move Final Cut forward with the code base that they had. 
Final Cut was one of those um, uh, products that Apple bought and rebranded. And so they they had to work with the legacy of what the of what that code was, and they hit the point where they couldn't, so they had to throw it out and start over, and that's when we had the the whole problem with all of a sudden Final Cut didn't do everything it needed to do, or that it did the week before, and uh, and Apple lost a lot of customers, and they I don't think they've really uh, gotten those customers back, so yeah. Yeah, the, the, um, these open letters I think are good. Uh, pu- publicly calling Apple out to get them to acknowledge that they need to fix things, and then getting them to to say publicly, "and we're going to." I, I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, I've never used Final Cut Pro, but I do know it's been a while since I've heard every anything about it. So. More updates. Hopefully, Apple can make it better, and maybe they can get their those customers back. And where is the version for iPad? Are they ever going to do it? That right. that's, I'm surprised that's not even in this article because that's the biggest thing you always hear complaints about. You know, you got uh, you know, Luma Luma Fusion, which is you know I, I know Jeff, you're a huge user of that mm-hmm. app, and it's one of the best video editors on an iPad out there. Why isn't Apple interested in doing this on the iPad? There's so many others that are doing I, it. I agree. It's, I mean, we're at the point where I assume that that like every quarter, Avid and the Adobe Premiere team send Apple Fruit Baskets as a thank you for <laughs> not having done more with Final Cut. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're they're not tapping into their market. Actually, their market is expanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but it's doing very well with it. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, that's a good conjunction of uh, of the new release of the IT professional uh, certifications as well. So, yeah, uh, it was a uh, 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 good to see. So, anyway, that's the news for this week. Let's uh, jump in. I'm going to talk about beta for this week and. Um, Apple right away, not even two days after 15.5 just got released, they seeded the first betas of 15.6 and iPad OS 15.6 to developers. Um, it was released uh, actually yesterday as we record this. Uh, still don't know what's been introduced in 15.6 yet, um, but uh, I'm sure they're implementing a lot of features that were planning to come out. I'm actually surprised, honestly, because we're very, since we're close, so close to WWDC here in the next uh, two weeks. Two or three weeks, I think. Uh, that uh, yeah, that's uh, that they and release another version here just before the con- the conference. Um, so, uh, what do you think, Andrew? Have you? Uh, I know you don't do beta, but I'd just like to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I don't do point betas. I do like the point oh, like the the first beta, and then once we get public, then I don't really I drop off. So I'm not running the betas, but yeah, yeah I'm. I am kind of surprised to see a release. Like you said, we are so close to DubDub. So I think it added iOS 15.5. There's some new feature in Apple Cache where you can send and receive right from there. And then yeah, there's we'll talk also about that in a second. Um, uh, something with podcasts. Yeah, but, we're, yeah. we're going to talk about that in just a minute. I okay. just wanted to hit 16 here just real quick. Um, so it's interesting. What do you think, uh, Jeff, before we move on here? I think that, uh, 15, six is, uh, is 
in beta right now because Apple wants to have it ready for um, stuff that's coming uh, at, will be announced maybe during WWDC. And uh, so, yeah, so they need to have this beta in the works and being tested right now because it's, I, I think it's going to drop faster than previous betas simply because of WWDC. Yeah. Like I said, surprise. It was only two days after the, the dot five release to go right to dot six. Yeah, but so. we've also had um, uh, updates roll out where we have a, uh, a beta that's leapfrogging before the, uh, the public release comes out. So um, Apple doing weird things with timing is not unprecedented. Um, yeah, but true. yeah, I think I think Apple's tipping their hand a little bit. We don't know what they're doing, but they're doing something. Yep, and that also includes I um, TVOS fifteen point six and Watch OS eight point seven, as well as HomePod fifteen point six and Monterey. They went right to twelve point five. So um, so they're they're staying consistent. I, I like it. I mean, I like that they're staying consistent across all their product, all their OSs, and. Uh, mm-hmm. Because a lot of times they, you know, especially macOS would fall behind, but it looks like they're staying pretty consistent along the lines here. So, um, let's move on and let's talk about iOS fifteen point five. It uh, it was uh, it was released, uh, like I said, on uh, this week, uh, and some of the features that we've been, we've been talking about uh, over the last uh, few weeks uh, during beta, uh, uh, as you mentioned. Uh, uh, as you mentioned, Andrew, yes, the podcast app was updated. It's going to now finally include a setting that allows users to limit the number of episodes stored on their iPhone or their iPad. It'll also automatically de- delete uh, older episodes and prevent the app from taking up uh, too, uh, too much space on their iOS devices. Long overdue, don't you think, guys? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how was how that not there from the beginning? Oh, that's why I stopped using the Apple, iP- the iPod, the Apple podcast app. I just... I mean, as, as I would, I was have, have all the podcasts in there and I like, you know, I'm, I don't listen to every single podcast I have. I like to have it in, you know, in my list so I can look and see what's available. And it might, that, that might pique my interest. I don't listen to every, you know, like we've all said, we don't all listen to all that many podcasts all the time. It's don't have time in a day to do it, but um, mm-hmm. I, I I like to have them in, and I'm, that's why I, I always like pocket casts because it, it lets me just have them all in, in my list and I can go in and jump and listen to it when I want to. Um, but yeah, I, I, it was long overdue. And so, and I think that they're, they're, they're trying to, uh, they're, they're trying to be relevant uh, with their app because there's a lot of other third parties ones that and we all have our favorites um, yeah. that, uh, that they like. So but, did you have any thoughts, Andrew, on this? Um, the, the other thing I was trying to think of was uh, they also offer annual subscriptions now for creators, right. which I think is nice. I think annual is maybe more of like a stability thing, like that's more uh, in the future. So I think I'm sure that gives the creators a better look at, you know, their finances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I think uh, that's going to be a big Big wave here. Uh, uh, Apple has already been pushing, you know, trying to get, the, like you said, content uh, uh, creators to be able to have an option to be able to have a subscription type service. I don't know if they're going to make huge amounts of money on it, but at least it gets, you know, it gets some activity and gets mm-hmm. some interest uh, with that. With that, so um, 
Uh, the Apple Cash Card is now, and I'm really happy that they did this. You go, if you go into your wallet, go to the Apple Cash Card. Now you don't have to dig deep to find the place to tap the request and the send button. You just yeah, go we, right I to it. Look at that. Yeah. So you now you're able to actually much easier oh, to manage look. your cash. Right there, request and mm-hmm. send. Right there. It's right there in the card, so you can do a quickie to be able to do that. So, um, so that's huge. Uh, so that that that's another improvement. Uh, all available for you now. So, and, and we're going to talk about security here in just a minute. And that's why I'm so glad we have Andrew here this week. We could talk about the security of the portion of this. That's a big piece of this. Um, the home app uh, now has Wi-Fi signals bars that you can actually ensure that your HomePod is on a connection that has a connection in the home app. What a concept. So, and I know, Jeff, you've always had voiced your opinions about the HomePod and its frustration. HomePod, HomePod Mini mm-hmm. uh, with, with this. And uh, we'll talk about the HomePod update here in a minute. But uh, no, this is great to to see this is uh, there. Uh, and interestingly enough, universal control finally is no longer in beta. So that means the, the, the feature is fully officially launched and that the bugs have been squashed. So you've got, uh, although uh, I know we talked a couple of weeks ago, you were having problems with sidecar and, and, uh, and the iPad, but uh, at least I'm seeing the universal control is going to be. I haven't had a, t- a chance yet to test. Uh, well, after doing okay. the updates. So I'll have to report back later on if it's working for me. Absolutely. Um, I guess now the Apple, the Apple card is now referred to as, uh, refers to the physical Apple card as the titanium card. I didn't even notice that one. <laughs> you go in the Apple wallet. Does it actually say, uh, uh, you look at the card and where does it say that? Maybe you tap the card, uh, the virtual card number. I don't know. See what that says that. Hmm. Weird. Okay. That's Maybe it it's does. in support stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and uh, external links in the reader apps. Uh, iOS 15.5 adds support to the external link account entitlement that designs to allow reader apps to add a link to an external website for account recreation and management purposes. Uh, an external link will allow the app to, like Netflix, to offer a way to sign up uh for an account outside of the app store uh, and it's an app uh, purchase system long overdue. We've been talking about this for a while. Um, and uh, so glad that they're doing this. And uh, remember we had a, we had a discussion about this one photo memories. <laughs> it's a bit of controversy here. Uh, 15.5 adds this list of sensitive locations in the photos app, which means that those locations are blocked from showing up in memories including in this list so far it's all has been found is various concentration concentration camps and Holocaust memorials. So they won't show up in the photo memories. I still don't understand that. So I'd like to know where, where this is going to expand on. I mean, this is, are they going to go, they're obviously going to go beyond this and this list could start growing. I would think. I would assume it's going to start growing. You would, you would think, but interesting that they started with that. So. Yeah, and oh, well. you know if they're if they're going to have that, are they going to add in uh, U.S. internment camp locations? <laughs> and 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 I'm not trying to be uh, uh, facetious. Like I mean, seriously, no. but what's going yeah. to be the criteria? That's a good question. And then I think as I've been scanning the news and any else other and others that have been talking about it, it's, there's it's unknown where this is and. Apple was, as I we mentioned in the previous show, uh, that this has been something that's uh, been kind of quiet. They really haven't said much about it, and it was kind of like a hidden. That's what grabbed our our attention. We talked about it a few weeks ago. 
why is this? This was like a kind of casual mention, but it is kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. Did you know about this? Did, did you know about this, Andrew? Um, only a little bit. I just saw it briefly in the news. So does it happen automatically or do, is this like a toggle? There's you no can, setting. There's uh, no setting. You have no control of it. So like, I mean, basically the photo memories, as, as people don't know, you've got your photos that you have grouped up and it just brings up memories of places and things you've done. And I mean, it's, it's kind of a fun thing and it does, but it's going to avoid. And I like to know how it's going to know that those were our, other than probably the, the, if it senses what the location was when you took the photo. It's probably, mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it going to have context for that though? Like yeah. if I, if I take photos at the white house in the United States, okay, maybe I want those included in my memories. But if I was taking those photos on January 6th, well, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, definitely going to be interesting to see where that goes. So anyway, we talked that to death a few weeks ago. I don't think we know where that's at. So, um, But I wanted to tap it a little bit with you being here, Andrew, is to talk about the security uh, updates here. And Apple actually did a good job of – uh, of actually providing what the security content of everything was with with iOS 15 and iPad OS 15. I don't know if you had a chance to take a look at this, uh, Andrew, but uh, a little bit, qu- yeah. There's quite a bit of of, of bugs that they have had to squash with uh, with uh, kernel panics and launch services. Uh, anything that stood out to you? So um, the article that I was reading was this. Um these researchers, I think it was in, it was recent. I think maybe 15.5 patched this. So these researchers in Germany, they found a way to deliver malware to your iPhone. I think it was via Bluetooth, even when your iPhone is turned off. Now, thankfully, it only works for jailbroken iPhones, but they the researchers were like, you know, what if this could be, uh, you know, spread in some way to... Uh, non-jailbroken iPhones, but it sounds like it is patched now. Yeah, no, that that that's a good thing. Um, uh, but just really, I just you you go through this list. This is a long list of stuff. It's amazing how many things on this list under the impact section issues? say uh, malicious applications uh, can be installed or malicious code can be installed. And privileges can be escalated. You know that that that's the way of saying someone can inject something in to that allows them to become an administrator or act as administrator on the device. I mean, four things talking about Wi-Fi alone was uh, a malicious application can disclose restricted memory. I mean, we could go mm-hmm. on and on here. WebKit, a lot of WebKit issues. Uh, shortcuts had a bit of an impact too. Um, look at that! You can do a denial of service on a, on a device over Wi-Fi. That would suck. Yeah, <laughs> you keep rebooting uh, your device and and it just crashes. Yeah. And notes. It said uh, it's an impact uh, processing a large input may lead to a denial of service. Yeah, I mean it's just Ooh. on and on. So. Anybody interested? Yeah, we I, I linked to the actual support article from Apple, so you can take a look at uh, what security content is. That so, what does this tell you? You need to update now. Yeah, <laughs> don't wait. Th- I this mean, is an important a, update. This is in, even though this is a dot uh, incremental dot uh, 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 one update. It's huge. So 
don't don't hesitate. I'm going to tell everybody and tell your friends, everybody, you need to update. There's a mm. lot of security updates here, so yeah, uh, super important to 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 be checking that out. So, um, uh, HomePod and uh, I won't talk about WatchOS. There really isn't much uh, in there. Uh, HomePod, I didn't really notice anything huge. Uh, as far as 15.5, I don't know if you noticed anything, Jeff, but... Uh, it's still a dumpster uh, fire. It is still it, just yeah, as I mean, broken and as and it's, it's still, ever been. And it's still annoying, and you still have to go in and update it because it doesn't do it automatically. It's supposed to. You could set it to do it automatically, but I went in there, and it still wasn't updated. And and then I went to run yeah, it. I think I, it can take I, a couple weeks for it to, yeah. to auto-update. Yeah, I mean, I went in, and I thought it was like it said on my, my home pods... My pair that that not even fifteen point four one was on it. I'm like, what the heck? I had that same thing happen with my HomePod Minis, even yeah. though they had previously been updated. It when it was doing the download, it said that it was downloading fifteen four one, and when the updates installed, it said it had done fifteen point five. Yeah, yeah. This so. is not uh, making me feel very confident. Nope, nope. So and. Uh, Again, we got articles linked here in the show notes. Uh, with the podcast, we just talked about about the episode controls, mainly subscription trans and uh, hosting partnerships is another thing. Um, and uh, I was going to talk a little bit about iOS 16, but you know, we're going to hold that off to, to next week because that's uh, it's going to uh, have some major changes. But uh, it's all rumor, so we'll just kind of have to move on and uh, uh, skip that for t- today here. So uh, I wanted to also talk about. Uh, Carriers. Uh, this in Star article today, and and I thought this would be something we could talk about here. What's the best phone carriers out there? Verizon versus T-Mobile versus AT&T, and the more affordable iPhone plan off alternatives. This is a long article that was on Nine to Five Mac here, and uh, I wanted to just to kind of talk about our experiences uh, and where where uh, where we are with this stuff. I think eSIM is really coming to being as far as the device and your iPhone, and I. I I really love the fact that now you don't even have to have a SIM card anymore. Uh, eSIM is just working really well. And it's looking, it's looking like uh, T-Mobile and Veri- and uh, Visible, which is Verizon's uh, uh, MDO, uh, that they're taking advantage of a, uh, a, uh, a trial. So you can actually do a trial of testing the Verizon network and the T-Mobile network using an eSIM. So if you have... Because that's what's the hard part, and you were never able to do a trial because you'd have to go into the store, get a physical SIM, put it in your device to get it to work. So here's here's an opportunity because that's the first thing that people complain about is the fact that your that the carrier may not be good to where you live. Um, Andrew, where you live is uh, where, uh, where's your, what service do you have, and where uh, and is is it good for you? Uh, yeah. So I use uh, what you mentioned, Visible, that runs on Verizon's oh, okay. network. I think is great. I've never had any issues with it. I think, I think uh, it was probably a year or two now, but I'm pretty sure I did do that T-Mobile, you know, download the eSIM, test drive our, mm-hmm. I think it let you test drive the network until you hit maybe 15 gigs. And I thought that was fun. Yeah, that's great. And then be able to not have to pay for it if you're not happy with it. So, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And Jeff, you have AT&T. You know, you, you've been happy for it in your area? Yes. And uh, when people ask me what carrier should I go with, I ask them which carrier gives you the best coverage where you're going to use your phone the most. Right. And that's how you make your decision. Um, and, uh, and for me, it's been 
uh, pretty consistently AT&T. Um, but uh, if I lived in a different part of Boulder, then I would have Verizon instead because, you know, it just depends on where you are. Yeah. For me, I, I had AT&T for many years and decided to, to jump ship, went to T-Mobile about oh gosh, almost three years ago now. Uh, and uh, T-Mobile has been great. I mean, we have, we've got mm-hmm. really good coverage here. The 5G here is, is pretty phenomenal being in the Chicago area. So uh, I know 5G may not be as good in your guys' areas as mine, but uh, but uh, it's, a, it, it's a good thing to see. And you can look at the uh, – uh, you can look at some of the other carriers like like Visible, uh, which is which is a good uh, is a good option. Uh, I know AT and T does Cricket. You also have uh, Mint Mobile, which is T Mobile. Um, uh, Ryan Reynolds owns that company, and uh, mm-hmm. that you're seeing tons of advertising about them. So check out the MVNO uh, uh, carriers, you know, which kind of piggyback onto all these major carriers uh, and, you know, ch- uh, choose for your uh, check for yourself and see what the incentives are available. This is a great article. Take a, take a look and review this uh, and see, uh, uh, see where that goes here. So I think it's, uh, it's something definitely to, to, to be, to, to take a look at and uh, be interesting about it. So Dave, uh, I, th- I think the, the MVNO thing is actually really important. So how about if I modify yeah. my advice, which is, okay which is find the carrier that gives you the best coverage where you can use your phone the most. Now find the MVNO that uses that carrier and see what deals they offer, because you'll probably get a better deal through the MVNO and you still get the same coverage. So there, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause for example, visible, that's very affordable. Like you get unlimited everything for 40 bucks a month. And they have this thing called party pay where you can like join up with other people and like reduce everyone's bills to get reduced. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I know that I completely forgot about visible. That's that, that's a definitely, definitely an interesting concept they've got with mm-hmm. that. And, and Verizon was smart because I don't, I don't see too many MV. Well, I guess Xfinity is on, on uh, Verizon's uh, network. I, uh, I think about it. They they they're they're they've been pushing many areas to, to to jump on their mobile service and I avoid them. I have enough of a challenge paying what I pay for uh for, for their internet and cable service. So yeah, <laughs> I tend to avoid them. So uh, anything else you guys want to talk about on that topic? We'll move on here. I just want five G. Give me my five G. <laughs> Yeah, well, they they need it up by you. That's it's by, yeah. uh, it's a little tougher, a little tougher up by you. Uh, yeah, since they have it in Lower Michigan and the big cities, of course, but it'll right. take a while to get up here. Yeah, uh, and they, when, once five G started rolling out here, uh, it, it's actually been pretty fast to to watch it expand. Like this time last year, I had to drive over and sit in the middle of the uh, Target <laughs> parking lot in Boulder. And I could get a crappy 5G signal. And uh, and now I have a, a solid 5G signal like all around me. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, yeah because I was in Michigan I went in the lower and I'd been uh, within the last year. And I was in the Traverse City area and I'm heading up towards where near where you are. And uh, and it seemed like things were getting better uh, uh, as we as we drove up there because I drove the I, I 
the nice a nice journey on the along the west coast of Michigan. Nice. So some of the some of those areas can tend to be a little rural, um, but uh, but they're I think they're getting smarter and adding more and more towers, and you know everything needs to be expanded to five G, and the spectrum has changed. So mm-hmm. let's hope. I mean, because yeah. like I say, that's where you are. Any place that's in that has rural areas, that's where the challenge is is having this five G coverage because they're also you know. T-Mobile and, and a lot of the other services are trying to push the, the home home internet with 5G. Yeah, mm-hmm. I and think that'd be interesting to try. Because I did try the, well, I did, I I tried the 4G. I got their 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 modem for a period of time and tried it, and I I because they let you do a trial, um, and I checked it out, and it was nothing great. I mean, the 5G coverage in my house is is not as good. It's okay, you know. If I look on my if I look on my, my bars right now, yeah, I'm only getting like one or two bars right now on the 5G coverage. Sometimes depending on where I am in my house, so uh, so coverage here. But if I go down the street, like 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 Jeff, I mean, there's there's huge towers down the street here, and I stood in front of it, and I'd be getting five and six hundred megabit plus speeds uh, mm-hmm. without a problem on 5G. So, um, but it, yeah, it's it's good stuff here. So, um. Let's talk about this real quick here. Uh, the iPod Touch, we did talk about that, that it died. It's gone. It it it's uh it is is something that that it just lives on, um, and the music does live on. But uh uh what could replace the iPod touch? I don't think at this point in time, obviously when when something when something when Apple discontinues something when as we talked about this, they love to people love to jump and buy it. But I mean, they spent two hundred dollars for a device that's got an A10 processor, that's iPhone seven <laughs> processing speeds. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really old. So I I mean, and who? I mean, what are you going to get? Maybe two years of support on that chip, if that. You know, I mean, I think the iPhone seven's probably going to, and 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 this device, I don't even know, is going to be, uh, is going to be supported by iOS sixteen at some point. Uh, so it's not kind of worth worth worthy of this. What would you, uh, Jeff? What would you say if, if someone says, "Well, well I, I really uh, want something as a music player, but I don't want to have an iPhone. Don't want to have, um, have to. I don't want to have to pay for iPhone type service." Uh, what would be other alternatives? Do you, you think? Um, I tell them to uh, to look at used iPhones and buy one, and don't put a SIM card in it. Um, I would tell them that uh, uh, they can gang up features and like if they wanted to have uh, an ipad to do a lot of other things uh well then okay maybe that's your music device um yeah but at this point telling someone to go and find a used ipod touch that's a really hard sell i mean unless they they were like really low priced um but they're not because you go on not. eBay. They're like people are in set time insane amounts of money for these iPod touches. Yeah, well, seventh gen even anyway. before they were officially canceled, yeah. the uh, the eBay prices for iPod touches were way too high. Yeah. So yeah, it's you know, just find someone that's selling an old iPhone and just yeah, or that. or you can buy like an SE. Even if you've got the if you got the. Uh, the previous gen, not the one, not the five G, even the four G mm-hmm. iPhone SE. You probably can sure. those could be had for a good price, and and you got it as an option if you want to have it to be a have a phone at some point, or uh, even even the the current version SE. You, you spend a little extra money on it, but it's going to last you for probably a good five years, and you don't have to have a SIM yeah. in it. Yeah, if you and, if you pay uh, cash for it instead of doing it as yeah. an installment plan, then you get an unlocked device, and. Uh, 
Yeah. Then you can just not put it on a carrier and it'll work just fine. Yeah. Like an iPhone 12, 12 or 12 mini would be a good choice too. Um, but the one thing you do have to be careful of is the ease buying secondhand iPhones. Cause sometimes you don't know what you're getting into. So mm-hmm. yeah. Buyer, buyer, be aware. What would you do, Andrew? You something, is that what you, you would tell people if they asked you? What the, yeah. Um, my answer was the same. Maybe find an old iPhone because I don't think they have those cheapo MP3 players in stores anymore. Cause I haven't used no. one in years. Let's no. see what's on Amazon. Oh yeah. I, I, who knows if there's any of those uh, around. Um, I, I did post something and uh, I, I was able to get a hold of some old iPods. You know, the I have the, I, I uh, got my hands on an old uh, first generation iPod. I took pictures of the three models I had. Uh, I put it on the, on social media and it was, it, it was kind of fun to go back and be nostalgic looking at that first generation iPod yeah. with the firewire connector. Is, and there's, there, this, there's yeah. like this whole market of, of garbage mp3 players <laughs> that look like knockoffs of old ipods oh, wow. on amazon oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Tw- for 1999 you can get uh um there's not even like a name on this it, but it looks sort of like remember the old ipod mini where it was uh mm-hmm. like like you took a toilet paper tube and squished it and but it was made <laughs> out of metal 20 bucks 16 gig Oh, no, it comes with a 16 gig memory card. So you could put in a, a different memory card and have more storage on it. Oh. Um, oh, my God. You can even find stuff for like $50 or. Oh, my God. The Hi-Fi Walker <laughs> H2 high resolution Bluetooth MP3 player, DSD DAC, portable digital audio music player with memory card and HD something something. Isn't that a great name? $125.99. Oh my gosh. But anyway, that's uh, that's something with the, uh, with music players. But, you know, if you have an iPhone, what do you need anything else? You can just use your iPhone to listen uh-huh. to music. And that's the reason why you know, the iPod has, uh, is, is off into the sunset to the history here. So um, I found this article. This was a good, uh, interesting, uh, interesting tip. But I wasn't aware that this did this. Um, you, how are you able to silence an alarm on a family member's iPhone and when you're using your own iPhone? Uh, if you do live in a, in a family's household, there's a good chance that some at some stage you'll be able to be disturbed by someone else's alarm going off on their iPhone. I Believe me, I experienced that all uh, many times. Um, but, of course, the iPhone is out of reach, so you have to sit and listen to that alarm for <laughs> forever. It becomes uh, quite irritating. But if you own an iPhone or iPad and it's nearby – there is a handy trick that you can actually silence that alarm without you having to get up. So next time that you hear that alarm, you go to a family member's iPhone and your own iPhone or iPad with an earshot and simply say, hey, yes, lady, turn off the alarm on uh, uh, this person's iPhone or the name of whoever's iPhone it happens to be. Uh, Siri will ask for you to confirm that you want to stop the alarm going off on the person's iPhone and you can respond with a yes or no. You can also uh, you can also tap the same two on screen options that are on there too that pops up on the screen. I didn't know this this was on here. Now, I mean, I, I think and I can do think you can do this on the HomePod too. This is for family plan uh, family subscriptions, plan. right? right? Yeah. Okay. yeah, you have to be family plan, right? Family household. So, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, so we we do have you know, like my wife and I are on the family, our family plan. So, I mean, and this may not apply to you guys, but. Uh, 
I thought this was uh, interesting because this is sometimes a lot to say. I mean, yeah, if you got your friend next to you that you're not on your family, yeah, you're not going to be able to turn their alarm off unless you go up to their phone and uh, do this. But this is a uh, this is a great uh, um, this is a great way to be able to uh, uh, to shut that sucker off here. So uh, yeah, but, I think uh, it's cool. Yeah. So um, and. Uh, Let's go ahead and wrap this up for this week. We are at the at the top of the hour, and uh, this was a great show. Appreciate y'all being here. So let's go ahead and wrap up. Uh, that is a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Twitter at intouchwithios. Support the show. Buy me a coffee at intouchwithios.com slash coffee. We would really appreciate it. You can also become a Patreon of the show by going to patreon.com slash in touch with iOS. We have two tiers available to support the show. We would really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe so you are notified when we are live streaming on our YouTube channel, which is on usually Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at youtube.com slash DaveG65, where we have all the show past shows in audio format as well as all the live streams that we've done. Visit In Touch With iOS magazine on Flipboard where many of the topics we discussed, including today, are flipped into that magazine. Good place to check out those articles if you don't uh, already see it in the show notes. Um, that link is in our show notes. You can subscribe to the show in your favorite podcatcher, including the Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, and many others. But better yet, go to our website at InTouchWithIOS.com where all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. I am Dave Ginsberg, and you can find me on Twitter at DaveG65. Jeff Gamut, as always, thanks so much for being here. Where can people find you? Uh, well, as always, on Twitter and Instagram, jgamut on both. YouTube.com slash jgamut for my occasional videos. And uh, Tuesdays on uh, Mac Voices Live. Thursdays early in the day on the big show here with you Thursday evenings. And then back again Friday mornings with you on uh the mac uh, yeah the mac show and then also on the context machine with brian chapman yeah, so go yeah. listen to that latest episode that was uh that was a great show about uh, picard and star trek yeah it turns out that uh there there's a lot of star trek trivia that i assumed brian knew <laughs> so i i had to give him a little bit of learning yeah there you go Andrew Orr, thanks so much for coming back on the show. We really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed yourself and uh, where can people find you? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, right now, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew or not. And for now, that's really the only place you can find me on. I might be on other platforms in the future. Who knows? Let's hope. We're going to be looking for you. But uh, thanks again for being here. Really appreciate it. And thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show because we enjoyed doing it. And we'll get talking again soon.